0: On today's episode of Way Outside, I will be discussing my personal experience at All-Star Weekend and its lasting impact after the two weeks since then, my thought on the new All-Star game form and if its excitement is really sustainable, Kobe Bryant's death and what it means to basketball as a whole and how the entire sports world and world as a whole has come out to support him. Can the Rockets' small ball strategy really work come playoff time? How good are the Boston Celtics in terms of stacking up with the other teams in the East and so much more? Way Outside is next. Hey, guys, how's it going, man? On it, welcome back to Way Outside. My name is Jake Kaufman, and once again, I've been gone for an extended period of time. Uh, I want to apologize again for that. I've just been, I'm a senior in high school, you guys don't know, and crazy stuff's been really going on, trying to figure out all the school stuff. But now, today, March 1st, I've gotten a lot of that stuff now sorted out, and I'm really excited. I've been missing, you know, recording and putting stuff up there, and I'm, now I'm ready to start doing it again, and I'm not going to care about what other people think, because I know I love doing this. So yeah, it's been a while. Last month or so, I haven't posted in three months. But the last month or so, February has had a lot of crazy stuff for basketball in the NBA. Also, since we don't, we also know about what the tragedy happened on January sixth, with the death of with the death of Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, Alyssa Alzabelli, John Alzabelli, Christine Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, Christina Mayer, Zabayan, and John Alzabelli. Just a terrible incident, as everyone knows, and I think everyone that saw that incident when they saw it was like was just just rocked, like surprising, and just like you know no one really could believe it because it was just such an outlier event like I know Kobe was is a star but we don't talk about Kobe don't really on the main mainstream news every day, but the night before most people know LeBron had cast him career points, so Kobe was mentioned in the mainstream news report. So, it was just so cr- sad when you see that kind of notice, and then the next day, you, you see that he and his daughter and all these other people are dead. It was just so shocking. I remember I was up, on my way to my friend's house, and I was just like, wait, what the f- what the hell? Like, it was hard to believe, because Kobe Bryant wasn't just an uh, a super basketball. When we think of these kind of plays, they, we kind of think of him as immortal. Like, they can't die that early, you know? And he's 41, and it's just, you know, terrible in everyone's response, and... It's just you know we all feel for the Vanessa Bryant and this entire family because as much as we have a personal connection, the people that got touched by him every single day, it's so sad. And I was gonna to allude to one thing Shaq said. Remember, is that um the crazy thing about NBA legends at all time to create other sports is that almost all of them, the greatest ones, are still alive today. Bill Russell's still alive. Bob Pettit, um Bill Russell. <laughs> all those regular and all the stuff, and, and baseball and football, I guess, well, football's due to the lasting nature of some of the head injuries, and baseball's just because it's been run, some of those all-time greats aren't really still alive today, you know, you don't have as much of that intimate connection, but today, almost all of the NBA ones. I saw something, Kobe Bryant's the only, the third MVP winner that isn't currently still with us today, and they're going to giving out, there's, They've been out the MVP for over 50 years. And I think it's just crazy, and you know, oh and terrible. Because the only other ones I'm pretty sure is was Wilt Chamberlain. And I can Was it Moses Malone? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, it's just terrible awesome thing. And then, um, so, I don't know if people have been looking at my Instagram and Snapchat stories. I will put the links to those in the description for my social media. But I was at All Star Weekend, um, in Chicago because I lived there, and it was just an amazing time, man. I just got to be honest, it really was. Um, so I'll tell you guys what I did. Friday night, I was not, I didn't go into any of the Friday night stuff or like that because first of all, more money, and also I was gone on a college visit. But um, you know, I saw, saw the highlights of Zion and Jaw just throwing lobs to each other, and that was crazy. Saturday, I started off by going to the practice media day, which was it's pretty much just like the, I guess it's everyone's official introduction to All-Star Weekend, like the media's there obviously, and the players are there, just practicing, chilling out, and it's a fun day. Obviously, I wish I was part of the media, could get a lot more of that, connect, but it's still cool to get to see players up there. And then Saturday night, I don't, I think I'm guessing a lot of you guys watched, I just had a lot of crazy controversy. Um throughout all of it because you know the the dunk contest there's all these questions about that and i agree that there was some very questionable calls for that dunk contest and Dwayne t- t- shouldn't be judging a contest that has his boy from the heat and it was ergor got robbed which he did but you know Jared Johnson could really fly i don't know i just wish he kind of had a less controversial ending, the 3 point contest so the way that ended was sick devin booker man he puts on he's, he puts on a show every time he's in that game and but buddy Heel had that having that buzzer beater winner that was pretty crazy and it was just an awesome environment thing and then the skills challenge was cool because it was the bigs kept winning you know and um that just showed the direction of our game because back then the bigs would never be competing in this because they wouldn't be able to dribble have these dribbling ability and passing and being able to you know do all these things it's crazy how much the big man position has evolved in terms of the skills required to be successful there. Like, Bane Adebayo was a 6-9. I mean, he's not really a forward, but, you know, he can pass. He can do everything besides shoot threes. And that's the same thing with this bonus. They can do so many good things to their team. It's crazy to see, you know, how that position has evolved because I've always liked to talk about the manifestation of the history of basketball. And then Sunday night, wow, that was some crazy stuff, man. Um, first three quarters were just, you know, your typical All-Star game stuff. No defense, a bunch of dunking. Players did not really come crazy, and the only change was that at the end of each quarter, they would reset the score. But especially in the first two quarters, it didn't really feel like that, you know. They kind of, they kind of a bit like, we noticed that money was on, like, that money for the charities on their own, but they didn't really care. The third quarter was a little bit different, but there was a lot more scoring, yes, but then the last few minutes, there was some actual defense being played, and the last sequence there, if I remember correctly, was, um, they were down, even when LeBron was down one, and I know Jokic hit a three to give them a two-point lead with about like 10 seconds left, and then um, and they called a timeout, and then there was a great inbound pass lob to Rudy Gobert, who had had a great game that time, and I remember that quarter being tied, so then there was no money, and then all the rest of the money was to be pushed out of the fourth quarter. There was the target score, which, you know, the big new rule change that instead of having a time fourth quarter, the end the game would end on um the team who was leading would add twenty four points to their score, and that was the target score or that one and the after that the end of the third quarter score was overall score was one thirty three to one twenty four, and because the you know, honest was leading, they added twenty four to. 133, which is 157 and then the fourth quarter man that got crazy the defensive intensity and the overall hustle and people complaining about fouls trying to draw charges all these things that you don't even just see in most regular you just see only you usually see in playoff games It was crazy man because you just really tell they get it down the line and a lot of people say it was because of the format. I also think that the, just the impact of Kobe, knowing that Kobe played hardest no matter where the hell he was on the court. I think that contributed a lot to it. But it, the ending was amazing, man. The only thing I had to say about it was an for me was that it ended on a free throw because, you know, just come on. I think in the future of the keep it the one thing is, especially if it wasn't a shooting foul, which it was, just had the ball be side out of bounds. That's just my opinion. But otherwise, it was a great game. Both teams played really hard. Anthony Davis, you saw Kawhi Leonard again show he's, he's, he's the alpha male among almost anyone in the NBA. Joel Embiid had a really a stretcher, he was very dominant. Giannis struggled a little bit in that fourth quarter, and then some people were trying to point out some things the playoffs. But I also think that, you know, as much as there was the event of Fencing, you have to think and look into things a little bit about how the, the narratives work in the All Star game but overall that was a great night and stuff and i'm really thankful to my family and my friends and anyone who's like saying i hope you have fun because people don't know me last two years of high school have been pretty rough for me so getting to this opportunity to go see the best basketball players in the world was just amazing next thing i wanted to talk about is the big change that's happened with the houston rockets who have now who did one of the at the time, it felt like one of the most head-scratching decisions of the year when they traded Clint Capella and didn't get any other centers, meaning that they were going to start 6-5, P.J. Tucker at center, and people were going to wonder what they were doing, but so far it's worked. I was one of the people who was like, this can't work, you can't just be in the bottom and be re- regardless of how well you shoot without a center. But, I think the thing that a lot of people didn't say Google account is that just... Uh, see, the person who's gotten more benefits is not James Harden, it's Russell Westbrook. He's been on an absolute tear since the new year. He had 41 last night against the Celtics. He's shooting efficiently, he's getting inside, he's just, his assist numbers are down, but the b- reason is because he's not dominating the ball as much. He's also cutting, driving inside, scoring over bigger things. He's he had a bunch of putback dunks, he's still just as fast, and as springy as ever, and it's really fun to watch. I don't, I'm not a huge big Rockets fan. You guys know this, or James Harden, or Russell West, but I have to acknowledge they've been playing some very good basketball. And now a lot of things. I think the big question is: Do we think they can work playoff time? And by work, meaning, is there a way that they could win a championship? I think it's possible, but I also think we have to go into account. The Clippers are honestly the better, the best matchup for them to me because the Clippers don't have that much size. But when if they go against the Jazz, they got Rudy Gobert seven one. The Nuggets have Nikola Jokic, who's a legit big seven footer, playing the Mavericks. You have a seven three Kristaps Porzingis. Um, I think a lot of, but somehow the Thunder they have Steven Adams. I think just that that's what I'm more worried about because in a playoff game where the game slows down in the half court, Russell Westbrook might get a little bit limited. And also, PJ Tucker is probably gonna have, is gonna have a hard time stopping Steven Adams. So. I think it can work, and I think they have just as much of a shot as ever, but I should never insert a game as the team to come out of the West. I also want to again just talk about how good the Bucks have played this year, man. They're 52-8. and Giannis is just... He's so—he's the best player in the NBA, but I feel like he doesn't still doesn't get enough credit, because um, I don't know if anyone saw the James Harden remorse saying that, you know, he doesn't take any skill to do what he does, I, but I, was, uh, I wish I was 7 for to get Giannis is so much more than a seven footer who dunks. He has incredible handles. He's one of the best rebounders in the league. He's a, a top three candidate for defensive play of the year in most people's opinions. He, he's a great. He's a pretty good playmaker. He's so much more than just a seven foot dunker. Man, seven foot dunkers are like are, are small forwards. Giannis can be can be is your can, can be at times is the Bucks' primary all handlers. And he, when he's on the court, he leads a team that's the best defensive team in the league and a third best offensive team. His impact is just insane, man. And I'm tired of hearing about the things he can't do versus the things he can, cause he can do a lot. I think another team that's gone, small ball, that's been kinda of doing all years is the Boston Celtics. Rockies don't start anyone taller 6-7 in the line. But the Celtics don't start anyone 6-8. So it's very interesting because I think we talk about how that so there's not this Celtics played pretty small ball all season. But I think that Jason Tate on on this last month has been on an absolute tear. I've not I was always thought he was overrated. I think now he's starting to finally show the true potential that people were saying he could have this year. He's up to twenty three points, he's shooting almost forty five percent from the field, he's up to like forty percent from three. He's having a much, amazing month and he's been very dominant. Especially with Kemba Walker's, when I left, few he games he's been very helpful. Jalen Brown is one of my favorite players in the NBA. If you don't know them, that, and he's had a great year in his twenty three season. He got a big contract last offseason. A lot of people were debating if uh, he should got it, but I think this year he's showing he does. I think the Boston. Some people say the Boston Celtics. I think the Boston Celtics, are could, could definitely come out of these. The Bucks are number one for me. I. I want, it's hard for me to be between the six, six, Sixers and the, rep, the Raptors, I mean the Celtics and the Raptors for who I have second, because the Raptors won it last year, but I also think that they just don't have, without Kawhi, they don't have that guy that can do that, and the Celtics are small, but they have all these, they have a, the one of the best coach in the NBA to me, they have all this talent in every position, they're smart, They're, they, they play great defense, they have a killer in Kevin Walker. It's hard, man. I, and I know my Miami Heat fell off a lot since I last did this, which is pissing me off. Lots well, back bad games, but I still think that, you know, against... They have the identity of a team who could challenge young it's just because of Butler on a bio. When Myers Leonard get that big, they have the size to do it. Just American, they hit it, and they get hit it off offensively. Um... I see there was one other really big thing I wanna talk about. And also guys, I just want to say thanks again for the support for everything. Also I'm working on another podcast that's gonna be I guess boss on sports related, but it's gonna be more transcending, not just actual game stats, you know, just like the stories outside of it. Still thinking about an exact name of it. But I'll have, you know, examples of people that I've been talking to is this what is one of my friends who is a WNBA ambassador works for House of Highlights and Bleacher Report. Name is Arielle Chambers. She's a she's a great person. I'm trying to I'm gonna get i trying to get the time set up with her. An ESPN 30 for 30 coach who talked about lacrosse. Coach who took came out of nowhere from coaching lacrosse and led an African American team to a lacrosse state championship out of nowhere and that's the impact that that's had on those kids' lives. Um. Yeah, a Yankees mental conditioning coach who overcame her own adversity. I, I just have a lot of great people lined up to talk to, and I'm really excited about that project and just everything else. And I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be way more consistent with the uploads now, knowing that I have my life and other stuff figured out. But yeah, if anyone has any suggestions for things you want to talk me to talk about in the next episode, make sure to either... I'll put my Instagram and Twitter links in the description. My Instagram is at jf so it's at jfk AUF. so jf cough seven that's my instagram my, my your twitter is jake four with an r two r's jake f-o-r-r coffin which is K U F M A N. that's my twitter and also if you have any other things you can comment down below on the soundcloud or anything else i got i want to say thanks again for everyone listening it's been really crazy week and month. just the crazy started 2020 for everyone man i just want to know also anyone who's like having a part time dealing with anything is that you guys will make it through you guys are strong you guys are awesome you guys will work hard i believe in everyone regardless of who it is i believe everyone has the potential to deal over overcome the adversity that everyone has to unfortunately face every day of life and yeah that's it for me today i'll t- see you guys next time